The inaugural F1 Academy season is in the books as they crown their first ever champion, and F1 heads to the land of the rising sun as teams touch down in CDMX for the 2023 Mexican Grand Prix. Viva! It is time. One of the greatest races of the year. Not the best track. One of the most fun events. And it's only because it's the only other race other than the U.S. Grand Prix that I've ever been to. Hey, so I'm biased. That's a good reason. Um, you wanted to get into a little bit of the F1 Academy. Yeah. Who uh, closed out their season at Coda. I caught a little bit of it. Like I was telling you, I didn't really have time to watch all of it. A lot, um, a lot to cover this weekend. Yeah. With the Sprint Weekend uh, and then the, the main Grand Prix and... Uh, so this weekend in Coda, they had the F1 Academy as the support races for uh, the Grand Prix. Yeah, no F2 this weekend, eh? No F2. Their season wrapped up uh, a couple weeks ago. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, this is the first time we actually got to see them racing. Uh, mm-hmm. This is the they had I think six or seven rounds before uh, this one, uh, all of which were not broadcast. It was very weird to me when they announced at the beginning of the year that this was going to be happening. Happening that. There was we were only going to see the very last race on broadcast. Yeah, well, I think the entire idea of the F1 Academy was a little bit of a shotgun idea. Like it just kind of got thrown into place with the dismantling of the W Series. Mm-hmm. Uh, F1 really stepped up and threw this together, and I don't think it happened uh, as planned out as they would have liked to. So, getting broadcast rights and camera crew setups and everything in place for all of this, I don't think they could have done. I don't know when they announced that they got Coda squared away for the last race of the year to be able to broadcast that, at least on, I don't know if they did it on Sky TV and ESPN and everything, yeah. but it was on the F1 app. Yeah, it was on Sky TV. I don't know if it, about ESPN uh, stateside, but. I think it was just the fact that it, um, you know, came together so late that they weren't able to broadcast all of it. Uh, but there was that, and there was also the Porsche Cup race this weekend. I didn't watch any of that either. Yeah, no. But uh, <clears throat> anyways, uh, I was very excited to see uh, what, would be taking place here with the F1 Academy. So uh, they're all running the Formula 4 cars. So okay. uh, they're very simple in comparison to like the F1 cars. They're smaller for, uh, footprint. They got smaller tires. Uh, there's no DRS, um, stuff like that. So uh, very, very simple racing machines. I think that uh, kind of, to me, it would have been, been cool to see them maybe with some more advanced machinery. Uh, was yeah, it, was I think the W series car was closer to an F2 car, right? I'm not sure. Honestly. I, I want to say yes, or maybe somewhere in between like an F3 and an F2, but I think it was more powerful and more advanced than what the F1 Academy is driving. But I also think, and don't quote me on this, that the F1 Academy drivers are a little bit younger and less experienced as yeah. the W series drivers were. Yeah. So and that was one of the things that they kept reiterating throughout the weekend was that um, a lot of uh, drivers in the series are more junior. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is some of their first, for some of the drivers, this is their first like open wheel racing experience. Um, Marta Garcia, who is one of the more senior uh, drivers in the in the group, had, had competed in the W Series before. Uh, so she had already had some experience. So coming in, she was the yeah. favorite. Uh, they don't even season. let Jamie Chadwick compete, right? No, because she's already three-time champion yeah. W Series, so she's kind of too too advanced exactly. for the series. So, uh, more focused on getting younger drivers, younger talent into the uh, into the field. So, uh, different different overall uh, setup for the weekend for them. So they ran two qualifying sessions. 
Uh, so qualifying one set the grid for race one. Mm-hmm. Race two, they took uh, the that qualifying grid reverse uh, one through eight. So whoever qualified in eighth starts from pole and and, and so forth. Yeah, uh, and then the race three goes off of the second qualifying. So uh, the race one and three are both were both twelve lap races. So sort of similar to like a. Um, like a sprint race, normal mm-hmm. normal sprint race we would see with an F1. Uh, the second race was only eight laps. So uh, with the oh reverse God, grid, is short. Very, very short. So every single race was pretty much like a sprint. You know, yeah. there's no, they're all running the same entire compound. Uh, there's no mandatory pit stops. So in each race was just like a full on sprint. Yeah. And without like any DRS, without any of these like, things to make it easier for them to pass the racing overall to me was very, very competitive. Like just uh, from the beginning to the end, you saw little battles happening all up and down the grid. So, nice. So like I said, the, the three race format, um, it was to me, it was very interesting to see how the second race would play out with the reverse grid, because, you know, as we were talking about last episode with uh, sprint races being very much in question in formula one, uh, one of the proposed changes as to how to make it better was instead of having like the sprint shootout for the sprint, having like a reverse grid from qualifying for the sprint race. Yeah. Like if they wanted to make it uh, more interesting, uh, just doing a reverse grid that way that you don't let uh, some of the teams or drivers that are consistently qualifying really well and doing really well in the races just run away with it in the points. So Mixing up the order a little bit allows for uh, some more opportunity for someone who maybe doesn't qualify consistently at the top to be able to uh, get some uh, open track at the beginning. Yeah, I don't ever see F1 doing that. I don't see the teams ever agreeing to do that because the teams at the top are going to say no. They're going to go, no, absolutely not. We we've built this car to be at its peak performance and deservedly so it should be at the top of the ranks whenever it's driven correctly Mm -hmm. and then the teams at the bottom i think will go yeah once we get there we want those same rewards so i just don't see that happening when there's as much money on the line as there is in f1 it's great for these lower series makes it a lot of fun to watch uh gives you a good insight of to who's an actual up-and-coming talent and who's just taking up space Mm -hmm. uh but yeah, I don't see that ever um, transitioning into F1. I'd be willing to give it a shot on a weekend. I don't know if I would like it long term though. Yeah, it was it was kind of cool. It did make uh, the second race kind of interesting, uh, especially when you're running three races. Mm-hmm. It is cool to see some kind of variance happen. Um, race one and three uh, were actually different. You know, there was different uh, different driver on pole. Uh, Marta Garcia was on pole for the first one. Uh, she ended up winning that race and had enough points secured after that first race that she got the championship. Nice. Um, second race for her didn't go as well. Uh, she ended up uh, ha- getting some damage uh, in, in an incident during the race, had to had to retire. Um, we got to see uh, uh, Hamda Alkabasi get the second race there. Um, I actually thought this was very in- interesting. Uh, she and her sister actually on the same team uh, on the MP Motorsports team, uh, so that to me was a very interesting like dynamic, like seeing siblings on the grid racing. T- against yeah, each how other. many drivers are on each team? 
So the, each team has, there's five teams. Mm. Each team has three drivers. Interesting. Um, this would be changing next year, which I'll get into, but uh, I did think it was very interesting to see the Alcabasi sisters uh, racing together because the commenters, they said during qualifying that it w- there was quite a few times during qualifying this year that they would like give each other a toe and like uh, kind of help help give each other an advantage, which normally you would see that with teammates and sure. playing together, but to see for sisters to be doing that, like, and how they're just like natural intuitions will play off each other and yeah. how they, they could work together. That, that was, would have been a cool thing to see. Are they twins? Season. Not twins. Uh, one of them is older than the other. So, um, a little bit of a Sadine factor there though. Yeah. So that was kind of interesting to me. Uh, some of the other uh, more notable drivers from the series, uh, obviously we had Marta Garcia who won the championship uh, uh, driving for Prima. She was in the W series. Uh, she will not be returning next year. So I'm curious to see where she might end up. Do they have a rule where I, I, that's similar to, I pretty sure F2 does this about so you get uh, two years. Yeah. Is that the same thing? Yeah. So they each, you can get two years, uh, in the series and then you're, uh, you're forced to move on. So gotcha. Abby Poling is another driver, uh, who did really great this weekend. Uh, not, I think she was maybe like fourth or fifth in points altogether, but uh, she was a really strong driver. She's a part of like the Alpine uh, development team uh, or project. Um, your girl, Bianca Bustamante. She was definitely notable. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> she had a little bit of a rough weekend. There were some glimmers, uh, but she did get a lot of camera time, a lot of attention on her because she's the first driver announced for next year. Uh, she they announced that she's part of the McLaren development program yeah. and that she will be driving in uh, her car will be a McLaren livery next year. So oh, next nice. year they announced with her, they announced that next year on the grid, they will have 10 cars uh, all running each uh, running a livery from one of the F1 teams. So each F1 team will be supporting one driver in the series. Wow. That's yeah. a big move. So, you have to imagine that uh, some of the F2 guys who don't have uh, Academy ties, well, you know, like uh, Red Bull Academy, Ferrari driver Academy, all that shit. Yeah. Young driver programs are pretty jealous of that. Yeah. Yeah. So it is and and um, it is cool to see uh, how it will develop, you know, because there'll be another five t- uh, drivers on the grid as well that will be from other teams. Currently, uh, most of the teams are uh, like Formula 2, Formula 3 teams. You got like MP Motorsports, you got Prima, mm-hmm. um, and Carlin, stuff like that. So um, could probably see those other five drivers uh, using one of those teams. So it, it is a very, very interesting to me um, how this will develop. Uh, obviously, with this racing format and these cars, it does allow for a lot more, a lot of track time for them with this three race format. They actually get a lot more track time than they would get in formula two. Hmm. So uh, it does create a really cool opportunity for, I think all of the drivers, even just the people in the teams and stuff as they want to uh, uh, engineers and stuff like that, as they want to move up through the ranks. Actually one of the drivers now I just reminded myself, Megan Gilks, I think is her last, that's how you say her last name. She was, uh, she's actually next year, this was her last uh, race ever in her racing career because next year she's going to become a performance engineer at Aston Martin. Oh, cool. Yeah. So this is cool to see, uh, you know, a lot of young talent coming through this as a, as a stepping stone into 
uh, some of the other series and eventually maybe in Formula One. I, I can't help but imagine that there's going to be backlash from the other series, that they're getting such a bias from the F1 teams. Uh, why? Because you have guys who are either part of, you know, drunk, dr- young driver programs or who have just been moving up in motorsport their entire lives. Yeah. Who aren't getting the preferential treatment that this new series is getting. Well, I mean, the argument is that, you know, because... I get it. It's an initiative. Yeah. But it's, I mean, it's, if it doesn't go well, it's going to be compared to the WNBA like that. That it's just, uh, it's a money siphon. That they're supplementing the entire funding of it. All that shit's going to come their way. Well, I mean, yeah. I mean... All of the drivers have to pay 150k each to be able to drive in one of these seats, so it's not like completely sure, uh, yeah. Uh, but yeah, people could get upset that they're like spending F1 is spending money to build this program, but at the end of the day, it's not money that F1 or the F1 teams don't have by any st- stretch either. No, I'm just saying that some of the other, I think the other series are going to get. Uh, I know, but historically, a lot of those other series have gotten tons of funding, tons of money, so. And they've had a long, a lot of time, a lot of history, uh, you know, of. I would just imagine, too, that there's, you know, some of the other young drivers who have who are younger are going, well, why are they getting all this support when they, like you said, have less experience and are already older? What do you mean are already older? Most of these girls that are racing in this series are about 18 plus, right? Uh, And they're racing in basically an F4 car that. Younger drivers are driving at about 14 years old. They're moving Maybe up from in carts. Series, yeah. yeah, they're moving up from carts into F4 at about 14. So instead of investing in that, I'm just saying, I'm not making it a political statement. I'm saying the out, like that people are going to start. But they already the are investing in that. What are you talking? I mean, this is just a, this is just an an additional <laughs> additional series, an additional thing that they're spending money on that's solely focused on women because the. In all those other series, women only participate by, it's like less than 5%. Yeah, so, it's it's an initiative. It's getting yeah. them, it's a reason for them to get involved. I'm just saying, if it doesn't go well, I mean, it's going to get backlash. What, what would it need to do in order for it to be deemed as doing well? Um, Be competitive, I don't know. I think I think motorsport like, is such know? a different beast than uh, than other sports because you can watch any series of motorsport and as long as it's good racing, it's it's exciting. So if exactly you know, if that's this what, was a good broadcast, that's what I'm, I'm just saying yeah. that if if it uh, they can put a good product on, that's all that matters. But it's uh, it's just uh, the way it came about by being like an F1 branded thing. I think they might get flack eventually. Yeah, well, those people are boring and don't really matter. So. Um, but anyways, I thought it was very cool, very promising for the future. Cool. So. I, uh, I'm excited to watch it. I'm going to, I didn't get a chance to watch any of it. I'll, I'll pop it on as soon as we wrap up here. Yeah. So, uh, moving on, uh, this weekend we have the 2023 Mexican Grand Prix. Yes, sir. Fiesta. Going back to, uh, Mexico city. Yeah. Where there's, we- uh, there's two big storylines, I think going into this one. And, uh, I'll do the lighter of the two, I think to get started. And that is that there's rumblings that both Ferrari cars are going to need power unit changes by the time uh, the Grand Prix gets going. I don't know if it's going to be before practices, if they're going to use a practice to test where their their units are at. But I just heard that uh, they both weren't running too hot post-U.S. Grand Prix and that they're looking like they could use a change. And I think that's going to 
get them past their allotted power units for the season. Yeah, so they might be taking a penalty on both. This is just what I heard. But probably a tweet where I heard it at, so who knows the validity of it. Yeah. Uh, but I could see it. I've been saying that somebody's going to need one come North America. I was hoping it was going to be Max Verstappen, but I think he might he might eke it out to the end of the year on this power unit. Yeah, I haven't really been keeping track um, of extra parts. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so, I mean, I'd have to look in. I'm uh, just going off of, you know, what I hear here and yeah. there. But Okay, well, uh, uh, I know that this weekend... It's going to be a big weekend for our boy, yeah, Sergio Perez. This could be a make-or-break weekend for him. I mean, he's had a rough go this past, I mean, half of the season. More, more maybe so. even more, yeah. Especially the last three weeks have been, have been like just okay, not great by any means. Uh Finishing in sixth, I think, last week. No. Um, well, after the U.S. Grand Prix, after the um, the penalties were given out, he finished P4. Oh, okay. Well, but, I mean, P6 on the grid, yes. Like, on track, he finished P6. He did move up a couple places because he started, what, P9, P8, P9, somewhere around there? So, he had a decent race, and then I did see numbers uh, showing that by the end of the race, he was uh, putting up the same... Um, or similar numbers to Max, and that Helmet Marker actually praised him for it. I mean, the, the Max that was having problems with his brakes? Correct. Correct. So Checo's still in hot water. Um, there was a big rumor, and I talked to you about it a couple weeks ago, that Checo was apparently going to announce his retirement at this year's Mexican Grand Prix. I don't know how much validity there is to that, but it got so big that he had to address it in an official press conference. Couldn't find where it came from. I don't. I don't know exactly. It was like in some weird Zoom interview, but a big media outlet. And, and I've always said, anytime there's smoke, there's fire. So I doubt that it's going to happen this weekend. But I think that's rumblings that it's a a serious conversation. Mm, that should he not know. lose his seat, you know, based on the agreement of the finishing. P2 in the standings, that maybe they're going to force his hand or that he's going to choose to just do this on his own come the end of the season. Maybe maybe next year's Mexico Grand Prix it happens. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like it's a little too soon for for him to just straight up retire. I do too. Uh, that to me seems like a little bit of a stretch, but I don't know. I mean, he's, have, he's having a rough go. Yeah. And then if... Say in the off season, he he gets the word that they don't want him back for the next year. Where does he go? I don't really know. That 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 is a big question for me. Um, if he doesn't have a seat, does he just take a year off and come back? Probably not. I don't know. Yeah, like, he doesn't I, seem like the type of guy that's going to take a year off and come back. Nor does he seem like the type of guy that teams are going to go to in the future. Right. I mean, he's, he's just not at a place. You know, for whatever reason, like it almost made sense when Nico did. Mm-hmm. You know, Nico took two, was it almost three years off and is sort of in the twilight of his career. He's an older on the older side of 30. But that kind of made sense. I just don't see it happening for Checo. He's got a big family. He's got. I mean, here's the thing, too. Like over the past three years, he's become such a huge star in Mexico. Huge. Teams that are looking at like Latin American market. That could be a big, could be a big, big investment, big play, you know, and he 
he's definitely shown that he can be a good driver mm-hmm. uh, in a lot of circumstances. More than capable, 100%. More than capable, so. He can win races in the right machinery. Yeah, I, I think if he gets booted from his seat for 24, his career is not necessarily over, but it would be an easy way for him to just end it, would be to just retire and enjoy and ride off into <laughs> That's a terrible way to end your career, though, too. So, yeah, I don't know. It's tough. I uh, there's one team that I could see him going to, and I know you, I don't think you're gonna like it, but let's say at the end of the season, Red Bull decides to part ways, and Aston Martin finally pulls the trigger on getting rid of Lance Stroll. I can I think that would be a great duo, yeah. Fernando Alonso and yeah. Sergio Perez at Aston Martin. Yeah, that'd be pretty great. As I, they further their development, they expand their brand with more investment into the Formula One team and just into the world of racing in general. Checo would look nice and green. He would. Um, and it'd just be another great thing for the Mexican fans to root for because it'd be a little bit of an underdog team. He's always been a little bit of an underdog driver. Mm-hmm. Um, and he wouldn't fall off from, you know, the grace of, you know, going back to his home, home country one race a year for, you know, there was a giant celebration when he signed with Red Bull, a top team. It was this giant moment of pride for the, for the Mexican fans. Uh, it wouldn't be like a giant fall from grace where he'd ha- end up at Haas and be forcing them to root for them, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I I think, I think he has... I think there's hope. I think uh, he finishes out the season by the looks of it, and they reevaluate some things in the offseason. Yeah. How do you think he's going to do this weekend? I well past two three years he's had he's podiumed at least in Mexico yeah in Mexico yeah, yeah he uh was it a third in twenty twenty and P two last year sounds about right so twenty twenty one I'm sorry my one of my predictions for this weekend is that Checo will podium oof see I was thinking about going that route but I can't I can't bring myself to do it you got it you can't you got to Rack up as many points as possible. So, well, I can't do just layups. Um, I'm gonna go uh, Max Verstappen. No, see, I was gonna go Max Verstappen doesn't win, <laughs> but I can't. He's so dominant in Mexico that I just don't see that happening. I mean, he's been dominant most everywhere. So he's been, but I mean, Mexico. He he finished the last two years by like thirty and twenty seconds. <sighs> I'm trying to avoid going three team podium because that's boring. Mm. I want to go like something bold, like George outperforms Lewis on the weekend, but I don't see that happening. I will say, how about this? I'm going to say Checo starts the race top five. Checo qualifies top five. I think that's about as good as I can give him. That's pretty generous. Yeah, it's pretty broad, too. So I think if you're trying to record points, I think it's it's in there. Um, How's that broad? It's it's black and white. He finishes one through five. There's... <laughs> One through five. Okay. There's five scenarios. Yeah. I got five outs on that one. Yeah, I'll give it to you. Um, I think we're going to see 
I was going to say a McLaren on the podium, but I want to be more specific. I'm going to say which one. I'm going to see Lando back on the podium. Lando, podium streak uh, stays alive. Really shooting for the moon. Jeez. I'm going to say for my second one, I'm going to say Carlos outperforms Leclerc all weekend long. I don't think that's uh I think it's bold, but it's also not outside the realm of possibility. No, not not without uh Carlos has been driving. He's been uh, he's been on it. I'm uh I feel like I gotta pick something from lower on the grid. Uh, I'm feeling I saw a thing that Alfa Romeo is feeling confident going into Mexico and it could be a little more uh suited for their car, so I'm going to say Alfa Romeo in the points. Okay. I'm going to go even bolder. I'm going to say both Aston Martins in the points. Oh, okay. Both of them. Both. All right, Lance, it's on you, brother. Oh, don't let me down, Lance. I need these. I think if you get two points, you'll basically wrap it up, I think, right? Mathematically? I don't know. I think so. I think that's how it would shake out. Two, maybe, maybe less than that. Because we'll have three races left with uh, nine points available. So yeah, just about. Yeah, so that's crazy, man. We got four races left to go, uh, winding down here. Um, it's crazy to think that after this weekend, we are one race away from the Las Vegas Grand Prix. After. We spent a year, you know, prior to us actually doing this show, just wondering if that was even going to happen, just big rumors, and now here we are. Also, we're in the middle of a, a triple back-to-back. What do you call that? A triple header. A triple header. I love it. Yeah. Hell yeah. All right, this has been a quick one. Just a little pit stop for you guys. This has been the Into the Chicane pre-Mexican Grand Prix. We will see you guys uh, later on this weekend after the race. Peace.